Stoops on Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Sooners over at Soonerswire.com. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, how was your holiday weekend? It was great. Thank you so much. And again, one final time here for you. Well, I don't know. Maybe you'll get another one in the next couple of days. We'll see. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to uh, everybody out there. And the same, obviously, to you, John. Uh, I know you got to get away for a little bit with the family. So that's very nice. And uh, obviously, well, well deserved, my friend. Yeah, we had a good time. We went to uh, Fritz's Adventure Park up in Branson. A little bit of shout out to them. If you like ropes courses and obstacles of that nature, Definitely hit it up, but make sure you stretch, do a little, you know, limbering up before you go as a 40 year old man doing ropes courses and, and not really just the ropes courses, but, uh, following my two year old around the tunnels, uh, in Fritz's adventure park, it was a lot of fun, but also quite sore, um, after our five, six hours spent there, but a really, really great time in Branson. If you're ever out there and uh, if you're from Oklahoma, you're, you're probably going to make your way to Branson at some point. Uh, but Josh we got some big news. Drake's tubes is coming back for 2023. Uh, I love it. I'm excited about it. Uh, just a huge part of this team, this, this offense, uh, really a clutch member of the offense. I, I think when you just look at what he provides to this team, yes, there's the catches, there's the yards the, the touchdowns, and some of it is just the intangibles that you can't see on a stat sheet. Yeah, the experience, I think, is invaluable for Oklahoma as you project into next season. We're still trying to figure out what the wide receiver group is going to look like for Oklahoma. There's, uh, you know, Marvin Mims that we need to get sorted out. Is he coming back to OU? That uh, Look, that's your 1,000-yard receiver that uh, is your, your game-breaking type wide receiver we all know that we all get that but uh, beyond that with Theo Weiss obviously on the way out and with uh, neither really Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson yet having made the types of contributions that maybe you or I or or you Oklahoma fans were hoping or expecting this season then look it's it's huge that Oklahoma's getting Drake Stoops' 37 grabs his 366 yards from this season back and uh you know, over the course of his career, 78 catches, 887 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. So he's been a very, very valued member of Oklahoma's uh, wide receiving core for a long time. And actually, I mean, just looking at the numbers here, 22, clearly a career year for Drake Stoops. So if that trajectory is any indication, then the best is still yet ahead for Drake Stoops. So just from a what does Oklahoma have in its wide receiver core for sure right now perspective, uh, what do they have coming back? Well, I mean, it's important that Drake Stoops is coming back because right now we don't know on Marvin Mims and the production beyond that 
there's just not a lot of proven production for Oklahoma coming back as of right now today in 2023. So, hey, uh, and the transfer portal, right? That's its own other discussion. Hasn't really netted what we thought it was going to net for Oklahoma. Crystal ball didn't wind up being uh, correct for Oklahoma out of the transfer portal at wide receivers. So it's a – I don't think we can – overstate the importance of Drake Stoops, right? It's huge, huge for Oklahoma that he's coming back. Well, just look at what he does for this team. I mean, playing out of the slot, he plays tough. He makes big catches. 22 of his 37 receptions went for first downs this season. That was tied for second on the team with Braden Willis behind Marvin Mims. Obviously, Marvin Mims, your leading receiver. Uh, He had 36 first down receptions. And then Braden Willis, Drake Stoops at 22, Jaleel Farouk at 21. I really like what Jaleel Farouk brings to the football field. He's a very versatile player. You're kind of Debo Samuel type player. He's not Debo Samuel yet, but he's that that type of a player that can do a lot of different things for you. I like Drake Stoops and what he's able to bring. Again, you talked about the experience. Him and Dylan Gabriel will get on a better page uh, with another offseason to work together. And the fact that, again, he's such an important piece to your your, your your offense just driving the ball, getting first downs, getting down the field. I mean, he made some huge down the field catches at times, even before this season. He's just been a really integral part. And then you talk about the leadership aspect of it. He's a guy that everybody kind of looks up to. He does everything the right way. He works his butt off. He was a he was a non scholarship player uh, before you know Lincoln Riley gave him the scholarship. I think it was before the twenty twenty one season. So you love to have those guys on your team. The Stoops name obviously synonymous with Oklahoma football. I don't think he would have gone anywhere else uh, to play football in, at the college level. I think it would either be at Oklahoma or you know take his shot at the NFL level. I think there's some, still some things he can do to improve his game to maybe get a shot at playing at the NFL level. He's not had that Wes Welker type 100 catch season, but if he can get to 50, 60 catches in 2023, you know there's something to, there's something to be said for that. I mean he he's a slot player. He's a guy that's going to win in the slot. And, you know, do the dirty work for you, you know, catching some of the tough balls over the middle for you. So I, I like it. I think it's good. You mentioned, you know, Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson. I don't think this in any way inhibits them from taking a step and getting, you know, more playing time, more reps next season. You know, I think it does kind of provide you again. We talk about it all the time, a solid floor at slot wide receiver. So that if guys like, you know, JJ uh, Hester or LV Bunkley Shelton aren't quite ready to kind of take on more reps. If a guy like, you know, Jaquiz Petaway isn't ready to, to get more, you know, to step in as a true freshman or Gavin Freeman, if he's not ready to take on a full-time role, you've got Drake Stoops to, to kind of be that floor. You know what you're going to get from him, a solid player every single time he steps out on the football field. And if one of those guys is a better option at the slot, you'll get, you'll see them, you know, get more reps, get more opportunities as the season goes along. But again, you got a really solid player in Drake Stoops, a guy that's a good blocker. Just please fewer jet sweeps to Drake Stoops, please. Like, please fewer of those. Use him, get him down the field, use him where he's at his best, over the middle, short, you know, to intermediate spot of the field. He does a really good job there. So we're excited you're back, Drake. Please no more jet sweeps. Just talk to Jeff Levy. Say no more jet sweeps, please. Yeah, that would actually be a welcome sight. And I feel like this is one of those we're writing the story with the knowledge in our mind and maybe (laughs) haven't totally shared the information with the audience. I I find myself guilty of that every now and again, when I write a story, if you missed it, right. Bob Stoops revealed uh, on what the YouTube side over there 
on his channel that Drake Stoops is has told the coaching staff that he's coming back. So if you're wondering, like, wait a second, I feel like I missed something here. What is going on? They're telling me that Drake Stoops is coming back, but I haven't seen that. Well, that's that's where the uh, information was relayed. So yeah, uh, agreed. No jet sweeps, please. Just let him be the the slot possession receiver that showcases his greatest skill set, John, which is dating back to uh, you know me getting to broadcast his games at. Norman North, the one thing that always stood about stood out about Drake Stoops, dude is sure-handed. When you put it within his catch radius, he's going to go make a catch, right? And uh, he's certainly been very, very reliable in some big moments for Oklahoma over the course of his career. So, again, big uh, returning for Oklahoma. And when you start thinking about, okay, putting the puzzle pieces together, if you do get Mims and Farouk back, then all of a sudden you got a pretty nice little one, two, three to start with. And they might still make additions out of the transfer portal, but even if they don't, if you, if Marvin Mims goes off to the NFL, I still feel like I'm in a decent place with Jaleel Farouk and with Drake Stoops. You get two of your starting, you know, your three starting wide receivers and 11 personnel back. At least gives you a solid place to start. Then you have competition at the other outside wide receiver position to see who replaces Marvin Mims. And you've got a lot of, you've got some experienced guys that you got in the transfer portal last year. You got some young guys that are four-star talents that you really like, not just the 2022 guys, but the 2023 signees as well that you just throw into this miss, this miss, uh, this mixed match of, of competition. And you just kind of see who rises. You see which of the cream rises to the top. So I think there's a lot of potential, really good options. Again, there's scuttlebutt that Marvin Mims comes back, but nothing's official. Who knows, really? That guy could go off to the NFL and be a top 100 draft pick and have an opportunity to play on Sundays right away because of what he's able to do down the field. Uh, but in the event he doesn't come back, you got a really solid place to start at wide receiver for 2023. Coming up, we're going to talk about Reggie Pearson. The Sooners added a hard-hitting safety in the transfer portal. We'll talk about him after I talked about Bet Online. It's the number one place to bet on all your favorite sports from NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, NHL, MLB, esports, MMA, boxing, whatever it is. You can go to Bet Online, find all the latest odds and scores available for you over there. Right now, the Oklahoma Sooners are nine and a half point underdogs to the Florida State Seminoles heading into the Cheez It Bowl. If you want to take that action, go over to Bet Online. I'm really liking that. Like, I'm liking Oklahoma plus the points in that game. Games in which Dylan Gabriel's played all year or all four quarters, the Sooners have played close games. They haven't lost by more than a touchdown in those games. So, if you're liking that, like I'm liking that, go over to betonline.net to place that bet. Again, Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. And thank you so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. Go hit the subscribe button over on YouTube. Hit the like button as well and the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. And hey, go drop us a five-star review over on Apple if you're inclined. We'd love to get that feedback and also help more people find out about the show. Josh, Reggie Pearson, the guy that <laughs> nearly knocked Dylan Gabriel out of the game against Texas Tech, knocked him out for a play uh, against the Red Raiders there in overtime, and also had one crushing blow on Eric Gray coming down from the safety spot, commits to the Oklahoma Sooners, coming in the transfer portal from Texas Tech. I love the addition. I love this addition. I think it brings an edge to the Oklahoma defense that they don't really have in the secondary. Somebody I thought Key Lawrence was going to be, but really didn't turn out to be that guy. Reggie Pearson is that guy. Yeah, look, uh, it's great to get a little bit of defensive back help 
here, right? I mean, we think, uh, you know, you know, well, obviously Morrison broils moving on from Oklahoma. So just from that standpoint, nice to get safety help in the form of Reggie Pearson Jr. Who has basically been a 55 tackle for pass breakup kind of guy the last three years at Wisconsin and Texas tech combined. If you want to run down the official statistics, 60 tackles in 19 with Wisconsin four passes defensed. And then in 21 and 22 uh, at Texas tech, 54 tackles, three passes broken up, 55 tackles, four passes broken up. So again, 55 tackles, four passes defense. That's kind of what you're looking at from a production standpoint. And uh, for Oklahoma, just to get, again, this is, John, what you want to see out of the transfer portal is somebody that is a proven production commodity. And that's kind of what the beautiful thing about the transfer portal is, is every single year, you can cycle your way through some some options out of the transfer portal and take some chances. And Reggie Pearson, I think, is somebody that, again, when we talk about seems to be a high floor kind of guy for Oklahoma out of the transfer portal that, again, is worth about 55 tackles and several pass breakups a season. And, oh, by the way, has power five experience at both Wisconsin and Texas Tech. So he's played, you know, big power five football, which – you know, you think about some of the guys that Oklahoma, from a defensive back standpoint, has brought in. I'm thinking, you know, primarily of C.J. Colden, who was not a Power 5 guy, came in and, you know, did some really nice things. I think it uh, it only helps you a little bit, right, that you've already been at the Power 5 level. Not that it was any sort of a hindrance to C.J. Colden, but, you know, I kind of like bringing Power 5 guys over into Oklahoma. So just a really, really good pickup for a defensive backfield, John, that, look, they're going to take all the help they can get. Exactly. And, you know, if there's one area where he struggles, it's in coverage. That's a place he can be attacked. And Oklahoma did that uh, in the game there uh, against Texas Tech. But he's a guy that's a pretty sure tackler. And you mentioned it, the experience factor. The dude's played, you know, over 2,100 snaps at the FBS level between Wisconsin and Texas Tech over the last three seasons. This last season playing more than 700 snaps for the Red Raiders. Anytime that you can add experience like that, it's it's only going to benefit your defense. And I think having him as one of those options that could potentially help you um, at strong safety or at Cheetah a little bit, that's good for you. A guy that's going to be able to come up and help and run support, I think it's it's going to benefit this Oklahoma defense a little bit because they they struggled in run support, especially when the, it was the quarterback run game. You know, he had a great game against Oklahoma, nine tackles again. Some you know a little bit suspect in coverage, but against a good Oklahoma passing attack, that's bound to happen. Uh, but he had nine total tackles uh, against the, the uh, Oklahoma Sooners and three stops, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, so a really strong game. He had, didn't have that many tackles in a game uh, all year long. Sorry, it was eleven total tackles. So like the performance, uh, a starter for the Red Raiders. Um, again, their defense wasn't great, but anytime that you can get a starter, somebody with that much experience, that's only going to benefit you. It'll help some of your younger guys too, because again, we talk about it all the time, high floor. It allows your guys to develop. If a guy like Robert Spears Jennings comes in, takes the job from him or key Lawrence, that just, that helps you because that competition is what breeds the, the better play from your younger guys. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I think it just adds to the safety depth and it's a good thing. You now you have going into next year, you have Billy Bowman, key Lawrence, Reggie Pearson, Peyton Bowen, Robert Spears Jennings, all going to be competing for snaps at safety. That's a that's a good thing for you. Um, and then maybe even guys like, um, nope, Mukes is gone. I'm trying to think. I 
I think everybody else, that's kind of your key safety group right there. And I like where it's at. Interesting that Oklahoma was able to, to swing this transfer portal addition too, right? Just given the fact that, you know, you got somebody, Reggie Pearson, that's a starter. He's obviously, for whatever reason, looking for a new home. But it's not, you know, you start listing some of those names off, John. It's not as though this is just some, you know, slam dunk thing. I think that he's going to be a starter necessarily at Oklahoma, right? I mean, he's going to have to come in here and work to earn that starting position, which, you know, from that standpoint for Oklahoma is just great from a, a depth perspective that if you're adding some piece to your roster that, I mean, maybe he is right. Maybe it's just plug and play. And from day one, he's your, your other starter opposite Billy Bowman uh, at safety. Right. I mean, maybe it's as simple as that, but you know, you start thinking about key Lawrence and Robert Spears Jennings. And, you know, we've been, it's been well chronicled the type of recruitment that Peyton Bowen is and the five-star signee that he is. So you've got some nice options right there at safety now. And it's, I don't think just a absolute guarantee that he's going to be a starter at Oklahoma. And you know what? If he's somebody that is a depth piece for OU, that's a heck of a depth piece to have. Yeah, I feel like he kind of comes in and takes over that Justin Broyles role, right? The the guy that's going to help out a lot on special teams. At worst is your third safety, potentially is a starting strong, but at worst is your third safety. So, you know, when you go into sub packages, you're bringing three safeties on the field. He could be one of those guys. If you're having to, you know, load up, and you're wanting to stop the run, he could be a guy that can play in the box for you. Again, he may not be your quote-unquote starter for you, but I think he does end up playing a lot, just in the same way that Justin Broyles played a lot. He wasn't always a starter for you, but he got on the field a lot, and and maybe he's a a more impact tackler. We saw it. I mean, we saw him launch Eric Gray. like We saw him knock Dylan Gabriel out on two really clean hits. So this is a dude that's a physical player, going to come up and play fast and play physical and run support. So... An exciting ad for the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll see how it translates and how it kind of comes together and, and and ends up looking on the field with all these really nice safety talents. But who knows? I mean, they want to play versatile. They want to play multiple defensively. And this is just a guy that could allow you to do a little bit more maybe because of his physicality, his ability to play the run. Uh, we'll see how that all works out. Uh, coming up, well, let's talk depth chart. Let's talk about what it looks like for the Oklahoma Sooners because – some a lot of bowl opt outs, a lot of guys through the transfer portal. Josh, you know, tweeted out the depth chart today after uh, the show and uh, or the show over there on the ref. And uh, so let's just talk about it. Where are some of the things that we're looking forward to seeing for the Oklahoma Sooners in the Cheese It Bowl after Josh talks to you about LinkedIn? You're looking to have a great new year. You need to go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on college where you can post your job for free. Go ahead and get the act applicants that you need to hire for free create a job post in minutes on linkedin jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people you just add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire they've got simple tools we like simple tools right i know i do right keep it simple stupid for me over there simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire, right? You're trying to get to that end game here. Who do we want to hire? They're going to make it simple for you. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. That is linkedin.com slash college. linkedin.com slash college to post your job 
for free. Get you set up for the new year and beyond, ladies and gents. So the uh, the depth chart was curious, right? There was a little bit of pushback on <laughs> me sharing this because there's some, shall I term them peculiarities with the, the depth chart? So let's just get those out of the way to start, right? Marcus Major is listed as an or at running back with Javante Barnes-John, which is, again, peculiar and curious. Why? Because he's been walking around in a boot. So there's every reason to think that Marcus Major is not playing in this Cheez-It Bowl versus Florida State. What about Andrew Rame? Well, didn't he just have season-ending surgery? So both of these from the land of Andrew Rame, by the way, listed atop the depth chart at center for Oklahoma. I don't know if that was just a, an oversight by those that put this depth chart together or if there's something more to that. As of where we stand right now, I would tort- sort of lean. It just kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. But big takeaways from this for me, John, just looking at let's start offensively. For OU, uh, I, I think the you know one of the big things is left tackle Jacob Sexton. He's getting the start. Uh, Aaron Parks is listed as the backup tackle at both left and right tackle for Oklahoma behind, again, Sexton and Tyler Guyton, respectively. And so just man with uh, a couple of your tackles out and Anton Harrison and Wanye Morris that have opted out of this thing, how are Sexton and – how are Guyton going to hold up? We've seen a little bit of Guyton. We've seen a little bit of Sexton. I've seen a little bit more of Guyton than we have of Sexton. But, man, that's probably, you know, offensively for Oklahoma. We can get into Javante Barnes, but, uh, you know, we can get into the skill guys. We can get into Dylan Gabriel, sure. But, honestly, for Oklahoma offensively, John, that's probably the biggest question is how those two tackles hold up. Yeah, it's the most important question that has to be answered in this bowl game. And it's the most important question we have to answer before the start of the 2023 season, right? Is who will be starting for you at offensive tackle? Well, this is kind of the first start, the first, not to use a pun, but the first opportunity to kind of get a glimpse of what your starting tackle tandem is going to look like in 2023. Because if Jacob Sexton goes out there and has a great game and Tyler Guyton have a great game, I think you can take away some positive vibes from this heading into the off season. Now, Jacob Sexton, Tyler Guyton, they've got a tough test against a, a top 20 Florida State defense that's bringing all their guys into the Cheez-It Bowl, including Jared Verse, who's a top 15 draft prospect, if he were to declare after the Cheez-It Bowl. He still has eligibility left, but that's just how highly thought of he is after just one season at Florida State. I mean, he was one of the most coveted, probably the most coveted transfer portal participant or transfer portal player last offseason aside from Caleb Williams. Jared Verse was that highly thought of coming out of Albany of all places. So that's a tough test for them. If they're able to hold up reasonably well, I mean, he's going to get some wins. He's going to win some reps, but if they aren't just a sieve out there at tackle, if they're winning some of those reps themselves, making it a little bit difficult for them to get to Dylan Gabriel, then I'm going to feel really good about this. Now we've, we've kind of hedged a little bit, right? Because we've talked about this compared to the Oregon game last year in the Alamo Bowl. One thing I look back on the Alamo Bowl performance is a lot of the Oregon dudes were opted out or were out due to COVID. Like there was a lot of guys missing. Well, you're playing Florida State's team. Like this is everybody. They're proud that everybody opted in and stayed part of the team for the bowl game, regardless of what they're going to do for the future, what they're going to do, you know, with their pro prospects or transfer portal or whatever, they're all coming to this game. So you're going to get a really good indication of what these two guys, especially Jacob Sexton and Tyler Guyton have 
at tackle because they're going against one of the best edge players in the country this this uh you know this season. So if they're able to hold up reasonably well against Jared Verse, man, I'm gonna buy in on all the stock for Tyler Guyton. Tyler Guyton's played well when he got spot duty for Wanya Morris's injuries or when he played a little bit for Anton Harrison. I thought he played really, really well. He wasn't completely lost out there. He he had some really good games for this Oklahoma Sooners offensive line. Uh, he's a tall dude, six seven. It's hard to play offensive line at that height because you have to get a little bit lower. You got to play with a little bit better leverage. Like you got to sink your hips, get you know get your bend going better because you're automatically kind of giving up in the leverage battle because you're so tall. It, it takes a lot more work if you're six seven to get down to playing against these six two six three edge rushers. So he's got a bit of a challenge. But again, if they can hold up reasonably well, I'll be more than ecstatic about what's coming for 2023 for these guys. It's a good point, and it, it bears repeating and discussion that this bowl game is not the bowl game you played versus either Florida or Oregon. You know, you look back on the last two that Oklahoma has played, and you know, you basically had one head coach say, "Yeah, we didn't care," and then you know, you had another program that you know, the actions of the guys opting out kind of had that approach too. They weren't putting that much into it. Obviously Oklahoma put a lot into uh, that Oregon game, just with uh, you know, the departure of its head coach and trying to say, Hey, you know, stamp your flag that this is boomer sooner. Here we are. We're not going anywhere. And there's a lot on the line for OU. So Oklahoma's made a habit. These last couple of years have taken their bowl games very seriously. And their last two opponents, you know, really haven't done that. Florida state is, so, yeah, from that standpoint, no doubt that uh, if Oklahoma goes out and plays well and, you know, you talk just individually about verse, but really just Florida State in general, if you go out and play well and you win this game, yes, that that is a, a fair point that you make. And uh, I, I will listen to you make it and agree with you that, yeah, we should probably take a little bit more out of this game because of that. Other offensive guys before we shift to the defensive side of the football I mean, I'm a broken record, but man, anybody that's an underclassman or a young player for Oklahoma in this game, right, is huge that you see those guys go out and play well. It's going to be the Javante Barnes show in this cheese it Bowl. So just getting a chance to see him carry the load. Uh, and is he going to go out there and give you a, you know, century mark type performance? You hope so, right? I mean, 20 carries plus and over uh, 100 rushing yards score or two. That would be great to see. The wide receivers, we're still waiting on that Marvin Mims decision, but beyond it, right? You know, we open talking Drake Stoops. That's good news. What about Jaden Gibson? What about Nick Anderson? Can Jalil Farouk deliver another performance that mirrors what we saw to end last season in the Valero Alamo Bowl where we all say, okay, this is somebody that can, can be a star wide receiver at Oklahoma. I think, you know, any of those trio of wide receivers for Oklahoma, it'd be it'd be gigantic for Sooner fans to see Gibson or Farouk or Anderson, any of those three have a big, big bowl game. Well, I think it means something, too, that they're listed second on the depth chart, you know, behind, you know, uh, Farouk and Mims, that those two guys are kind of your backups at those positions. So I think that means they're going to get a little bit of run. Like we're going to see these guys because – they're going to rotate wide receivers at times. Mims will come off the field from time to time. So if that means we're going to get to see some Jaden Gibson, that's that's fantastic. And same for Nick Anderson. Like if Jalil Farouk comes off the field and you get to see Nick Anderson, that's fantastic. That's that's what you want to see in these bowl games because, yes, you want to win the games, 
But if you're not giving some reps to your, your younger players to allow them to kind of build some confidence, get some tape for the off season to see where they can improve and grow. then you kind of didn't, you kind of wasted the opportunity. Right. And then, yeah, Javante Barnes, we're going to see a bunch of, a bunch of, I, I think the writing was on the wall. As soon as Eric Gray opted out that you were going to see a, a lot of Javante Barnes It's curious to me that we didn't see Gavin Sachuk's name listed on the depth chart, but I don't think that's any indication that we're not going to see him. I think we're going to see a lot of, of Gavin Sachuk, at least in some, you know, passing down situations as a, you know, pass catching running back, you know, we, they love to throw that flare out to the running back, that swing pass to the running back. I think we'll see that to Gavin Sachuk. Let him use his speed, get out in space, try to make some plays. And they might even use him on some wheel routes, the running back wheel route that you know we've seen them throw to Eric Gray from time to time. If they're able to use his speed, get him out in space, I think that's a really good uh, opportunity for him to kind of get his feet wet a little bit more um, than just giving him a carry and saying, hey, run between the tackles try to pick up some tough yards, that kind of thing. Like let him get out in space, do what he does best, use his speed and and go from there. Defensively, is there a name that immediately comes to mind for you? Um, I would say for me, I'm, I'm looking defensive line. And if, if our Mason Thomas, who we've seen a little bit from, has say a similar performance to what we got from strip last year in the Valero Alamo bowl. That would be, that'd be great. Right. I mean, then the hype train, you start thinking about guys, we got asked this question. This is uh, actually a good topic for another day, John. We got asked this question. If the hype train's a little too high for one Jaron Canick, and if he's going to be able to match what the expectation kind of is for Oklahoma fans. Well, on that note, Our Mason Thomas, if he goes out and has, you know, a two and a half TFL game with, you know, a sack and a half or two sacks, then he's going to be in that category too with Jared Kanick to where there's all sorts of excitement and hype for what, you know, his 2023 and beyond could look like at Oklahoma. But just, you know, specific to him and the defensive line, man, I would love if the the younger guys played well in this game. Uh, Our Mason Thomas. Halton, if he can come out and make a play or two. Kelvin Gilliam, haven't really seen a lot out of him, out of the redshirt frosh. Would love to see him make a play or two in this game. Uh, you know, Isaiah Coe wouldn't be the worst thing, right, if he shows you that, uh, you know, one final reminder just going into next season that uh, he could be a difference maker for you up front with obviously Redmond's decision to uh, not play in the game. So, you know, those would be some names up front, I think, uh, to keep an eye on. Obviously, just any of the guys that we think are going to be stars. I guess I'm basically listing everybody on the defense now if I keep going, John. But I do think, you know, maybe this is too too obvious, but stars got to look like stars, right? So Danny Stutzman and Bowman against a good Florida State team that we think is one of the better offenses that Oklahoma has seen. Again, not, uh, not you know, I, I don't know, not anything super shocking here. Obvious to a degree, yes, but I would like to see both Danny Stutzman and Bowman play well. Yeah, and back to your R. Mason Thomas stuff, like he's the guy on that defensive front that has the speed and the juice to just kind of win, like outright. You know, I feel like Downs, Grimes, Stripling, they're kind of more technicians, they're more physical players, and that's how they win. But if you need a speed edge, it's R. Mason Thomas. And you need to have at least one of those guys and and because it just threatens the offensive line. It just puts so much stress on offensive tackles that 
they could get beat off the snap and have a guy in the backfield that quickly. So you got to see him kind of take that, that next step and start putting, you know, some, some snaps together, strings together, some games where you feel really good about him, you know, taking over maybe one of those edge spots next year. I thought it was interesting that Kip Lewis is listed as the, the number two will um, at linebacker. And, you know, not that you have a whole lot of other options, but the fact that he's there and, potentially is going to get a chance to play some. I think that'd be really good for him and his confidence because you got to build that linebacker depth. You're starting to, but beyond Danny Stutzman for next season, you don't really have much except for your 2022 signees and your 2023 signees. So you got to start seeing what those 2022 guys have and if they can be valuable members of that linebacker rotation, because you're going to have to have them. You can't have Danny Stutzman playing hundred snaps, 90 snaps every single game and expect that he's going to be the same player in the first quarter or in the fourth quarter that he was in the first quarter. You got to build depth. You got to have guys that can feel really good about putting in there and plugging into the linebacker spot when Danny Stutzman comes off the field to keep him fresh. So that in a game like West Virginia, when you need to stop late, your best linebacker is fresh and he's ready to go as opposed to playing his 100th snap in that game. You got to build depth. You mentioned Grayson Halton. I'm excited to see him. I don't know what to expect out of him, but if he can come out and kind of be a dude and be a guy that can create some havoc in the interior defensive line, that's huge for you. Can I Walker? That was a dude that got a ton of buzz in spring ball and in, you know, a fall camp, but we didn't really see much of him during the season. Maybe this is kind of the the opportunity we see out of him. CJ Colton. Hopefully he's back next year because he was one of your more impactful defensive players. That's a guy I want to see kind of continue to be that ball Hawk, that takeaway guy that you have in the secondary because you hadn't really had much of that uh, until he kind of came along and started just taking the ball away seemingly at will. Uh, so a lot to a lot to look for on the defensive side. Again, a lot of it comes down to me, to execution and, and playing within the scheme and defending the read option against a really good running quarterback in Jordan Travis. But I think there's still going to be a lot of questions whether they play well in this game against Florida state or not, but we could have, you know, we could, we could lean one way or the other after this game, we could still lean towards the, they got a lot of work to do on the defensive side, or we could lean to the, okay, things are starting to kind of come along. They played a really good game. There's optimism. There's, there's something we can build on for this game. If they just go out there and they give up 40, 50 points and they can't stop them at all. We'll still have the same questions coming out of this game that we had coming out of the Texas tech game. But if they're able to, to make some key stops late in the game, put the, the offense in a position to, to win the game, then we'll feel a little bit better about it. But we'll see. I think a lot of it just comes down to like individual performances, right? You want to see some of these younger guys get in there, win some reps, win some snaps, show like, okay, the defensive thing that Brent Venables is trying to build, it's coming. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Can I interest you in one more time for old time's sake? Eminem featuring Dr. Dre that if uh, either Reggie Grimes or Marcus Stripling plays really well in this game, similar to a Marcus major, maybe in ball games past, can I, can I sell you some stock that it's still going to happen for either Reggie Grimes or Marcus Stripling? I mean, is that at stake in any way, shape or form for this game? Or is it just kind of all about, Hey, younger guys up front for you? I mean, I'd love to see one of those two guys or both come through and have a big game. But, I mean, Reggie Grimes had a great start to the season, and then he just didn't really do much during conference play. I mean, Ethan Downs became their best defensive end toward the end of the season. He was the most consistent player 
And so I expect him to, to kind of keep that going uh, and, and really carry through that last three games of the season where he had like what, two and a half sacks and six tackles for loss over the final three games of the year. So I expect him to kind of take another step and play well in this game, but for Reggie Grimes and Marcus Stripling, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect anymore out of those guys because it for Stripling, I just feel like there just wasn't much all year for Reggie Grimes. He had a great start and then just kind of faded uh, through, through conference play. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect out of those guys. Um, it, it'll be, it'll be great to see guys like David Aguebu, Deshaun white kind of have one last raw, uh, a, a guy like, you know, Chris Murray, who was a really pivotal transfer for you on the offensive line uh, over the last two years, have one last raw with the Oklahoma Sooners maybe. And then, you know, see what Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims have. I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. Justin Broyles, another guy, just a beloved Sooner, one of the a fan favorite now um, amongst Oklahoma Sooners fans, not necessarily because he's, you know, always been the best player, but you know, he he just does everything for you. Special teams, defense, safety, you need him in the slot. He just does it all. Um, and somebody that people kind of look to is just like, okay, this is a Sooner, like a Sooner born, Sooner bred. You know, he's going to be around for a long time, even after he's done playing the game. So it's, it's going to be fun to kind of, kind of close the book on this chapter of Oklahoma Sooner football. And even though it's going to be a long time till September, you know, we get one more game. Let's enjoy it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll continue to break it down as the week goes along, Josh. Well, I think you hit the most important storyline to all of this for Oklahoma and Florida state in the cheese bowl for OU. This game to me really boils down to, is there going to be more optimism or less optimism throughout the off season? Right. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms and on YouTube. Go subscribe to the show over there. Hit the smash the like button and the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. And we'll be back for more Florida State preview. We'll discuss more transfer portal stuff and uh, just more talk about where we, how we feel about the Sooners as uh, we head into the offseason. But that's going to do it. He's Josh. I'm John. We'll catch you then. Boomer Sooner.